to Mind Matters with Sandy and Kathleen. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks, Kath. You do that opening so well, my love. You really I think do. I'm afraid I just... they call that the anchor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Am I the anchor? I don't know. That's what I am. Uh, well, it's very good. <laughs> it's the rain. Okay. We've got rain in the background, so we haven't gone for a backtrack of rainforest sounds, and it's just it's just we've got the French doors open. So um, if you hear rain in the background, that's where it's coming from. It's not in your imagination. And we're sorry if anyone's got a weak bladder that's rain affected, water <laughs> noise affected. But in Australia, with bushfires and all the rest, we certainly welcome it. We've been very, very dry. So we're sort of sitting, I am sitting here sort of doing a bit of a Yahoo, and I think Kathy's as well. I so. am. My tomatoes will be very happy. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about grief, or more specifically processing grief when celebrities or people that are quite well known uh, but not necessarily or not more often than not not known to you pass away because last week the very sad passing of Kobe Bryant the LA Lakers uh, basketballer and his daughter and, and seven other people and a horrific helicopter crash happened and it's just just made Sandy and I think about how people process that kind of grief and what it does to people and how they react to it when somebody that is quite well known, they might have idolised passed away, but they didn't know themselves. I didn't know we were being quite that specific, but well, I'm going to roll with it, okay, Because <laughs> it happens, you think about the major deaths, things that yeah. have stopped people in their tracks. Michael Jackson's death was very significant. David Bowie levelled a lot of people. Michael Bourdain. Oh, Anthony yes. Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. I was, I was wondering who yeah, Michael Bourdain is. It's his brother. It's no, his brother. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain and, yeah. did definitely. Yeah. Um, Robin Prince. Williams. Robin Williams was a huge one. Yeah. He, he really, because people saw that public persona and then. It's the same with Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Both of them were, you know, incredibly huge depressive episodes where they felt that they couldn't go on anymore. So, mm. you know, the suicide ideation became a part where that they acted on it, you know, and, you know, we sit back and uh, people, I, I know because of um, Kobe Bryant's uh, passing, and the footballer um, just recently that um, was actually a spokesperson for Beyond Blue. Um, oh, 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 the coach, the, um, um, oh, was that terrible? Oh, we're it, terrible. Mr. People. Um, the man, the, that was a very he was sad, lovely. The one that yeah. had the car accident yes, yeah, yeah. up in rural Victoria. Yep. Um, and, you, you know, often those things do come into my room where, and both Kath and I do grief counselling, um, but it's the echoes of, um, I know that I'm probably, you know, fast-tracking a bit to the end but and we'll rehash where we need to be. But, you know, I often sit with people and they'll, you know, be in a bit of disbelief and they're, they're sitting back going, that is big. And I go, well, you know, one of the huge, huge, huge gifts that we're given through death and every death that we encounter, whether it be someone like Kobe Bryant or, you know, your partner, your daughter, your son, whatever, um, even an animal, oh, grief mm. with animals, um, the, the incredible gift of each death is the actual importance of living and living each day well, or as well as we can is what I should say. And, you know, if you miss that and stay in a destructive thought, 
um, then you've missed that whole beautiful gift that each of those deaths gives us. Very true. You know, but grief is a process and, you know, everyone does grief differently. They do. I, I remember talking about celebrities dying. Chester Bennington was one that brought up a lot of anger with people. It's Chester Bennington. Uh, Sorry, this is where my music's going to come out. He's from a band. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> he was musically inclined. He was musically inclined. He was very, very talented and very had a very um, – like I saw him doing carpool karaoke. Okay. Uh, I saw this posthumously after right. it was shown. I, I wouldn't have been interested in it prior, but I mm. wanted to see what he was like, like what his personality was like. And he took his own life. Mm. And I had a friend um, who was quite angry and said, well, this has come from his wife. This is this is everything that his wife has done. She wanted money and to push him in. Like there was all these opinions behind it. So rather than celebrating his life for what it was and looking yeah. at how talented he was with the music he produced and everything he brought to that industry and the things he'd accomplished and what he'd done with his kids and, and all of that stuff, it was very, the grief was very much focused on the anger of who are we going to blame for this, which often does happen with suicide. But it's, we have to blame somebody mm. because it couldn't be the fact that he had suffered quite extensively for a long period of time with quite severe depression. And the thing is that often with people that are very, very talented, you know, you get savants and all this sort of mm. stuff. And Spell that. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we just tried to spell phenomenon. I'm very, very pleased I have autocorrect on my phone. I would like to um, point out that we've had some very positive feedback on our podcast <laughs> around how it's just that we're just normal people having a, a conversation they'd like to join in. So we bring in these small bits of humour. So a spelling bee might be the next one. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> the anxiety that they may bring. Yeah. <laughs> but autocorrects just makes the world better. It does. As long as you get the first few letters, you're on your way. Yeah. Um, but so when you sit back and you look, and I mean literally with the Kobe Bryant one, is that there? That it's been an interesting transition, I think, um, of this outpouring of grief. And then they focused on him and his daughter. Very little. I wouldn't have a clue of who the other seven, whether they were friends, whether they were relatives, whether they were. You know, hitchhiking. I they were very know. important people in their own right. There was yeah. a, a very well-known baseball coach oh, and, and right. his, yeah. I think, wife and daughter. Like there was some fairly significant um, people that it will ripple through their own communities for colleges, universities and so on that yeah. they were involved with. But the one thing that, they, that I noticed was that there was this focus on his career and what a mm. nice person he was and all those sort of things. And, I mean, it's very raw. It's so, so recent. Um, but now they're looking at, you know, the blame game. Now. The helicopter pilot. Although I have seen there's been, um, if you're a Twitter lover, there's been some quite, um, there's been a vigilante group after uh, the one American journalist who um, decided to bring up Kobe Bryant's issues with sexual harassment and infidelity. Oh, yeah. So as much as like people go, oh, he was married for a long time, and he was. I mean, as far as celebrities go, he's married for 20 years to the, the same woman and they just celebrated their 20th anniversary back in, I think it was November or something. I knew nothing about him until last week, but I've been same. reading. Because I've been looking at the people's reaction is what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at the news. I'm looking at people's reaction to things. Yeah, and this same. one woman came out because media, they've got to sell stories. So she's come out and said, you know, everybody's painting him as a hero, but he um, 
you know, he was unfaithful to his wife and all the rest of it. And, you know, he was, char- he was charged, not convicted of sexual harassment all and right. so on. So let's bring it back to some different realities of grief. Mm. All right. So because this is essentially what we're talking about because we could go into, you know, a huge, you know, synopsis of, you know, that particular. Because really thing. we're going to talk about how they idolise yeah. people. Yeah. They, yeah. And <clears throat> so even with grief, and why we get distracted in side issues, even on a really personal level. So you have, you know, mum who's just dropped off the mortal coil and you're, and for some reason, you know, you might have been their significant care or their partner. And the initial part is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually remember when my mum died and I cared for her for many years. Mine was sadness but relief because it was, I, I was actually incredibly relieved when because it was a, a fairly peaceful death um, and it was her time. So it happens I, when you put the pillow over them. <laughs> it was very quiet. <laughs> it's okay. Mum would laugh. And yeah. It's okay. Um, and, um, you know, you sit back and... Then there's this whole transition of emotions and emotions surface and you've got all these inputs. As you say, that journalist, you know, I had lots of family issues going on, lots of external, lots of work stuff and all the rest and it shifts the focus. But that's what mourning is because life goes on after death. It will. And it's it, you, you then process and I think, and I shouldn't say correct level, but at a level where you can really sort of zap the essence of what that is about life, about living it well, about letting um, other people's inputs not affect how to a, a detrimental input, let's say, so, yeah. um, to affect you in a way that it doesn't need to. In fact, you need to empower yourself through those processes. Like... It's a real gift of seeing yourself in a different way because you're hurting, um, allowing yourself to move through that and live beautifully. You know, well, you know compassion, empathy, you know. Like that, that, that was a very long, a long speech about what I normally say is if we're really, really lucky, we get to watch everybody else die. Yeah, but people don't often That's, pull it apart. No, and they why? don't. They don't pull apart. Yeah. Why? So talking about the... Um, so Elvis's death is That's a very a good example of how people, people grieve. Still, still, people are still process. in grief for for Elvis, and and they idolise them or they they elevate them to a status where they're they're non-human. But God, you know, it's like yeah. godlike. Yeah, and and he, um, you think about people were lining the streets, and and at the end of the day, the guy was a singer. He stood on I stage, know, but and he could move his hips. Well. Yeah, he could. He could move his hips. And look, he was he was a presence. Like definitely, he, when he took the stage, and you watch all of the, you go back and watch the videos of things now, of what he did. It was fantastic. But it's people's reactions. Like I can't go on because Elvis is dead. Yes, and I can't do this. But you know, you, Elvis was not your significant other. Elvis you know, was. You listened to his songs. Yeah, you know. Do you know? It's, it's like I, I think that you would find. Okay, so most of us will have significant people in our lives that have died around us. Mm. And even if they were, okay, say we all had a Cruella 
you know, that was, you know, not a great person and they, you know, happened to pass away. Still at the end of the day, so say you had a really poor relationship. So I'm going into some absurdity here. But say it was someone really close to you that you absolutely despised and really were incredibly grateful that they were no longer <laughs> off, you know, off this earth. Do you know, what would you do? You would start celebrating. Mm. It's still the same as if it was someone that you loved dearly. Absolutely. Um, so you can take it two ways, but the end of it is a celebration of self and connection to life. So and, I, and I think as, if, you know, you lose celebrities, that you can still enjoy the game that Kobe Bryant played. You can remember these 80-point game, which means nothing to me. I am sure the basketball I know, people actually, are going, yeah. you know, okay. But you can remember all of those things and celebrate it. It's when people get caught up in the trauma, and we've had it with the bushfires as well. I've had some fairly robust conversations with people around not living the trauma, you can be empathetic without being sympathetic. Yeah, I've and when got, you go into yeah. sympathy, yeah, that's I've when got a couple of I do some um, sessions uh, pro bono for some of the firefighters that are doing some PTSD stuff. And I understand that. I mean, if you're there's a difference between being a frontline firefighter and experiencing that, and watching endless amounts of clips on YouTube of animals on fire running oh, from the bush I'm and all sorry, of this. Yeah. I, I, missed, I so misread your cue there. I've, okay. got, I've got a friend who is being very caught up in the trauma of the fires over the border in New South Wales mm. to the point where she has spent, oh, what about two, nearly five months now that the fires have gone on up there, that she has stayed up till midnight every night doing things. So she's, she'll, she'll watch videos of the trauma. Okay. And then she's reacting to that by she's making, well, she's being helpful. She's making pouches for the wildlife and so on. Yeah. But to the point where she is at a, a physical, mental and emotional exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And and we spoke last week about limits and about yeah. the difference between empathy and sympathy that, yes, you can watch someone who's had their house burnt down and empathise with them. Yeah. But when you live their trauma and it hasn't happened to you, then that's when it starts to be a problem. Okay, let's do, and because you know how Kathy, when she said I say this to people. Okay, as therapists, we absolutely, and I know Kath and I both do this, we absolutely connect to our clients. I'm just thinking about a conversation we had earlier. Um, and we really connect with our clients, but we do not live their trauma. Yeah. We, and, but the more that we can connect and understand and the depth that we can go to with that client, the better we are but because we step back from it because we want to be effective for our clients. But if we immerse ourselves in it, so like your friend who's immersing herself in that and re-traumatising herself, She's probably becoming less and less effective. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, it, she's not giving herself, I can do this, but I can't give my life over to that. Or she may be just becoming less effective. I I'm found not sure. that over, um, she's, yeah, she's doing both of those things. Okay. I, I found another one, and this has been a controversial topic throughout the media, was uh, New Year. People wanted 
fireworks and celebrations cancelled because there was fires in other parts of the country. Again, I'm very empathetic to what's going on in the fire regions and we'd be supportive of people that are fighting the fires and that are living through these experiences. But I don't see that stopping the celebrations that, or stopping our lives, everybody else's life. I'm not, I'm not affected. I'm not directly affected by fires. Okay, let's do, because what we're talking about is grief and it's a beautiful, mm. beautiful circle that you've just created because just because someone dies, your life doesn't stop. In no. fact, it's about living. So as you were saying about the fires and fireworks, it's about doing it respectfully and obviously doing fireworks so don't start other fires, you know, that would be not great. But to put a big kibosh on everything in life is not balanced. There needs no. to be balance. There needs to be a time to grieve. And everyone does their own grief. Um, for how You know, some people will grieve but comfortably grieve, so to speak, for the rest That's of right. their life. Other people will move on. And all of those things are correct. It's when your life stops. That's right. When you but give that's up the living. Not right. And that's what was going on over the New Year period, that people, I don't have the right to celebrate because other people have lost a house or so on. Those people are dealing with their issues. Yeah, They're right. dealing with their trauma, their grief and all of those things. You can't you can't deal with their trauma or their grief for them. Yeah, like so with Kobe Bryant, people are going on and living their lives and it's like any type of grief. People often feel guilty that they might laugh or mm. that they're enjoying something. So they want then it becomes an issue that they're not allowed to enjoy life to the full. This is when it starts going wrong. Yes, exactly. You know? And I think I had a client in the other day who was saying on Christmas Day things didn't turn out exactly to plan for her. And she didn't get to spend as much time at the cemetery visiting her mother's grave as what she and her grandparents' grave as what she would Cats, have liked to. We haven't got a bit of catastrophization going. And, and on, I, have we? <laughs> and I, I said to her, "Do you, you're in the in reality whether you're there for no time, whether you don't go at all, or whether you um, go there for five minutes or five hours, the the outcome is still the same." The and it doesn't change the relationship. You can't change the relationship uh, uh, retrospectively. They had a wonderful relationship. They were very close. She took good care of her mother. But how much time she stands there at the grave does not dictate how much, much grieving, them how much you, you love them or how much them. you're grieving. Yeah, exactly. You can do your grieving anywhere in the world. People that scatter their ashes at sea, there's nowhere to go and stand there and place flowers, but it doesn't change the grief. Yeah. So you're still respecting them. Likewise, with the celebrities, you can't say, I can't function or I can't deal with this because they're no longer mm -hmm. on the earth yeah. for me to idolise them. I took so much out of inspiration. They were inspirational to me. They wrote these songs that are resonated with me and all of those things. You know what? The songs still exist. The person's not there anymore, and you can but the song's them. still there. And you can miss them. You can miss the talent that they brought and all the things, but you need to celebrate what they brought while they were here. And you go, oh, I might like to emulate some of that good stuff. You can even do that yeah. and do that as well. But placing anger in things like blaming helicopter pilots or they shouldn't have taken off or all of those things, but can't change those decisions either now. That's all in the past. Actually, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, I'm sure that that helicopter pilot or whatever didn't get up in the morning going, oh, I think I'll just fly into a mountain. Yes, I'll kill myself and, and eight and, other and eight people others, that are well here. You know, like, you know it's something that he didn't do. Let's talk about grief, and this is a huge one. 
because it had world implications about directed death or stuff. Um, I think you probably know where I'm going. It's 9-11. I was going to say, it's got to be 9-11. Okay. Or Bali bombing. The Bali yeah, bombing is a significant sort of thing. And when it's very, very directed and there's lots and lots and lots of hate go out towards other parts of the world and there's this, we want to hate, we want revenge, all this sort of stuff, and it just perpetuates when people are grieving. And we're going to hate everyone that came from the countries where the and everyone that's of that religion. We're going to hate all of them because they yeah, did it, exactly. and they didn't do it. That's no, that's replacing one anger. person, you know. And while we are all know, and there's all this fear mongering. So even um, you know, so we'll sort of back away from this that sort of topic a, a little bit gently right at the moment. But that would be like people go, I'm never going up in a helicopter. I'm never going. So their life. And they start stopping parts of their life instead of doing what you can't is go to a basketball living. game ever again without thinking about Kobe Bryant. Good, that's fine. Go to a basketball game, think about it, but enjoy then also it. enjoy what you're doing. Just go, oh, I remember the time that he did this, or that that yeah. happened, or I learnt this is a skill, or whatever it is. Embrace that, enjoy it, celebrate his life. Yes, he died very young, there's no doubt about that, and he had a lot more that he could give, but. Yeah. I mean, the reality is well, he, he was retired. He was retired from yeah, from good. basketball. Yeah, he retired. Hey, look at you and me. Oh, we're just. I could give you stats and everything no, I now. Gonna, I, I, say, yeah, I love the fact that we're. You know, I mean, it's not that we're not sympathetic. It gives us a platform to talk about grief. But I am like Kath too. I had very little idea of who that was. In fact, I was talking down with my partner, or talking with my partner, and he asked me about some amazing equestrian people and I went, oh, I don't really know many of those either. <laughs> <laughs> I when they're, like, we just had the Australian Open or we're still just right at the end of it now and and there's people there that they talk about, oh, this, you know, seated player. I'm like, I have no idea who you are. I don't know where you come from. I wouldn't know if I fell over you in the street. Mm -hmm. I'm like that with AFL players as well. Same. No interest at all. Same. But it, it's, I think. Um, but what it is, do you know what it's given, like this sort of, um, this sort of death uh, with Kobe Bryant has actually given us a platform, like it's given me a platform to talk uh, in a different way with my partner. It's given, you know, Kath a different yes. and and us to talk a different way so you can see it from a very positive instead of going into the negative of going, let's celebrate, let's really look at. So these deaths, the big ones are significant and how we integrate that into our life. And it should, and I say it should be, but it would just be wonderful if, okay, I'm going to go into a bit of woo, our vibration rises from the actual encounter of knowing that person or celebrating their life and then bringing that up instead of going, like mourn, you're always allowed to miss and, you know, be sad that they're not there, but the whole thing about bringing it higher into a, into a better perspective of our lives and then you can still thank that person at a deeper level again, which is beautiful. Well, I think um, it's been quite the celebrities that have come out and spoken about Kobe Bryant that weren't from basketball, well, Shaquille O'Neal was, so I saw him interviewed mm. and he was talking about, so he's been deeply struggling with grief because his sister passed away last mm. year, I think it was. 
And he was still trying to process that and then he's lost a very close friend who they considered their children were each other's children. They were very, very close. Mm. I saw him interviewed. He was in a panel of five different people all associated with basketball and I was sitting in the middle of the um, stadium where they play again. All these people are going, it's the such-and-such centre, but I can't think what it is. But anyway, I top no my head. Idea. But he, he, was, he was very tearful when he was saying this, but he said, I don't tell my loved ones often enough how much I love them. Yes. And he turned and said it to the other. He said, I should have said this. I should have. That, that's where his regrets were lying, is and that he wasn't expressing that. And isn't and that a beautiful thing? That That's right. Because yeah. that brings a beauty, a, another dimension. And you just think, you know, say if it is, who was it? Shaquille uh, now. Okay. And, you know, he would. Do you know who that is? I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spell do. it? Can you spell <laughs> it? <No. laughs> um, but, you know, what a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a gift. Yeah. That's an absolute gift. And, you know, it, then that resonates out. So that's a gift that, you know, has because he's taken it back to himself going, oh, you know, he – and so it then gets better. From a male worse. perspective. And Jimmy Fallon was, um, was another one. He spoke about how when he was a, a young comedian and um, he just got to L.A. and – Kobe Bryant and only just started playing for the Lakers and he didn't know who he was. He met him at a party and was like, oh, what do you do for I play basketball. Oh, really? They got asked to go on a beer run because um, Kobe Bryant was only 17. Jimmy Fallon was 21 so he could buy alcohol. Oh, okay. So they went on a beer run and they went to a place which they thought was like a 7-Eleven to buy beer. Imagine buying 7-Eleven, a beer in, at 7-Eleven in Australia. And um, so they went on this beer run and – he said, you know, we talked for years afterwards because they'd both had daughters and they'd done it. So every time they bumped into each other, like they had an ongoing, like a 20-year relationship. And he was saying, you know, one day we'll get to go on a beer run again. Yeah. And he was just sort of going, we're, and I'm going to do this and we're going to honour his memory and we're going to remember all the good times and we're going to go through the things that he'd done on the show and talk about all the stuff that he'd brought to the basketball world rather than focus on how he died. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's what it is. Because it's sad and, for his family. Yeah, like it is, they're the ones that have lost him. We we haven't lost him in the same way. They've yeah. lost him on a on a connected level. human personal level. What mm. we've done is we've lost the person that could bring stuff to basketball and and you know, but really realistically the day he retired, we lost him as a basketball player. So all of those things died and now he became something else. But it doesn't but, touch but us personally. Is, but when, when we're talking about global celebrities, it gives you a platform or gives us a platform to talk in a positive way. And what you're talking about is those people that had a personal connection. Mm. You know, as you were saying with, um, who was the comedian? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. And, you know, while I would sit back and he's not saying I regret that I didn't do that, because that would have been a really amusing thing that the two of them said on a day-to-day. And he might walk away going, oh, I wish we had her. But it's not a life stopper. They had no know? intention of going another. He no, was talking about, like, you fun. know, part, yeah, going, yeah. it was ridiculous because yeah. neither of them knew who each other were and then they both became quite well known. Quite well known and he yeah. was interviewing him on the show and they'd, you know, talk about their history of things that, where they'd bumped into each other. Yeah. But, um, but they saw each other as humans, not as celebrities. They oh, were people. Yeah, they are. Well, they are, but yeah. we, we see them <laughs> just, as celebrities. Just obvious. <laughs> <laughs> we see them as celebrities and a lot of people idolise and think they're not human. Yeah, I suppose. Because they're, yeah. you know, oh, they're not like me. They're not like me. They're famous. They've written songs. They've done this. They're not like me. They were the best at basketball. 
but that doesn't mean that they weren't a person mm. with flaws and family and loved ones and people they'd fallen out with. And I'll guarantee you Kobe Bryant probably died with people he wasn't speaking to because mm-hmm. everybody does. That's, yeah, that's the it's way, it's a life. way of life. Yeah. Um, but I think and he had a falling out with Shaquille O'Neal as well. They'd had a public, quite a public one. So I think. Um, so what we're trying to say, I'm going to wrap it up a little bit. Take the really, really good stuff, the heightened emotion, and bring it to a higher level. You know, bring it into being more aware of your day-to-day stuff on a better mm-hmm. level, like connecting with the people that you love, being more understanding to the people that you don't particularly <laughs> like. You know, because they're dealing with their own stuff. I'll refer you to the podcast on reducing the drama in your life. (laughs) (laughs) And catastrophization, one of my favourite words. Um, But bring, like, suck the essence out of this. Get the really good stuff about living and living to the best of your individual um, abilities. Because that, you know, from what one person is to the next, it's about, you know, so he excelled. Guess what he did? He sucked the life out of his individual uh, bit and got some. Do the same. Yours might be that you're great at weeding gardens. I don't care. Just get what that is, you know, to live the best life that you can and take it higher. Don't go into the blame games and all this. Love those around you. Speak from the heart. Don't leave a stone unturned. Live your best life, I think they call it. Yeah, all of those, I, I think I've got a thousand sort of catchphrases and they're all appropriate. And when it comes really to are. celebrities, they're people. Just, they're people. Celebrate the things they brought to the world rather than go into a deep mourning around their loss. Yeah, and talk about the good stuff. Talk about all the good stuff, all yeah. the good stuff, and see them as a human. Right. And that's it. Yeah, we're going. All right, thanks. Uh, don't forget we've got some... Um, the email address now, which is up and running, it'll be in the comments. So that's Sky, what are we called? Sky Wellbeing Centre at bigpond.com. So you can email us with questions, comments, or feedback. And if you're on iTunes, if you could give us a review, uh, that would be great. And so we're now on SoundCloud and also the big thing this week, Spotify. So you can access us on Spotify and hopefully it won't be too long till it's iHeartRadio as well. So keep an eye out and the Facebook page, Mind Matters with Sandy and Kathleen. That's it. Have I done enough talking? I think so. Thanks, Kat. (laughs) Catch you later.